Hello, and it's the week of January 18th, 2021. Welcome back to the Lumber Connection, SBCA's bi-weekly podcast series focused on the latest trends in the North American lumber market. I'm Molly Butts, and I'm your host. I'm joined today by Justin Benning and Ken Timmons, traders with American International Forest Products. Justin has been with AIFP since 2010 with a focus on Southern Yellow Pine, and Ken has been with AIFP since 2017, specializing on fur species. Both specialize in high-grade lumber for the component manufacturing industry. Hey, Justin and Ken, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us on, Molly. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I feel like we've probably got a decent amount of ground to cover today. So I'm just going to say, I'll throw this to you, Justin, to start with. Let's talk a little bit about what's been happening in the uh, market since last August. Well, it, it's we're right where we left off. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I uh, some time's gone by, a few months, but um, we're in the same, uh, very similar boat that we were in the last time. It's probably just in the same boat. We're on a different wake here. Um, but yeah, we've had uh, tremendous volatility in the marketplace, record high lumber prices, um, big lumber corrections. And then another record-breaking run on a lot of items. So um, the trend has actually uh, been relatively consistent, I guess, over um, you know the last several months. Um, we're coming up kind of on that yearly anniversary of uh, really when this this COVID thing uh, kind of reared its ugly head and started changing the way folks were doing business. So um, you know, in, in relation to the market itself. Um, it's been just a wild ride. I mean, I don't know how else to to really um, state it. And as far as having any um, intellectual insight onto uh, why, um, it's pretty simple. Um, it's come down to Econ 101 supply and demand. Uh, we've not had enough supply and we've had uh, very strong demand. And really, if you look historically, it, we haven't had some just, you know, oh, we're building 2.5 million brand new housing starts and we're setting the world on fire. Even if we go back to the early 2000s, when obviously we had a uh, uh, makeshift housing market that was saying it was much better than it was. And, and you know, you could be working 12 hour dollar uh, an hour job and get a home loan for 600 grand, which obviously we see how that turned out. Wasn't good. But we were doing 2.3 to 2.4 million housing starts at the peak. And we didn't see prices like this. So this is a just a, a fact of, you know, when we look at housing now, we're pacing maybe a 1.5 to 1.6, which is healthy, very strong. Um, in, in normal times, that's kind of the number that you would need to, uh, a lot of economists would say, to keep up with population and, and urban growth um, across the nation. So it's a healthy housing market. We've got... Um, folks that are looking for homes and the homes aren't there. We've got a lack of uh, uh, a lot of things, lack of labor. Um, We've got um, a lot of not available lots to build on. Um, And so what we've got demand. And then I guess I'm getting back, getting back to the other side of this supply. All we've done over the last 10 years since I've been in the industry is lost supply. Um, main source of loss of supply, and we've touched on this going back to August, was out of Western Canada. Um, we've seen an increase in supply in the South. Um, Canadians have been busy 
here over the last several years, buying up sawmills in the south, a lot of the independents, and then trying to build new sawmills. So in a nutshell, um, supply and demand. We've got, a, we've got an imbalance. Um, and we don't really have a fix for that quickly. Um, so the south, we're increasing supply slowly. Um, but no, you know, there's not 10 magical sawmills and, you know, half a billion board feet that's popping up, you know, overnight, it's not coming out of Canada. Um, and the, you know, the, the, the production that we're getting out of the, out of Western Canada, it is what it is. Um, we're not going to have any growth there. We may get a small increase in production out of Eastern Canada. Um, but again, even at 1.5, 1.6 million housing starts, it's not enough. And then the other thing that we've, we've, you know, we get a sole focus here on the United States, which is obvious, you know, it's where we live and it's where we do business. But globally, from a wood supply standpoint, everybody's challenged. And economically, from a housing standpoint, everyone's building. So Canada, I think one of a, a funny headline I'll read you here actually brings me into this. There's a funny headline from our futures department um, on one of the front pages of the newspaper. Um, this is on January 2nd. The headline in the business section was Canada 2021 housing forecast call for a boom, dot, 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 or the worst crash in 40 years. That's pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is even some of the best economists, whether it's in the U.S., Canada, across the seas, Nobody really knows, you know, no one knows, uh, you know, what the heck is going on um, in regards to the markets or, you know, the Canada thing's kind of funny. You'd think you'd have a better idea, but there, but they're saying, hey, this may be the best year of housing boom we've ever seen, or it could be the worst crash. And now there is some, some merit behind that and why the overall cost of housing is increasing. So you get to a, to a point where people could be locked out of the market from a, from a cost perspective. Um, land, you know, there's only so many places you can build labor. There's only so much you can build rising building costs late, uh, for the cost of material and supplies is, is increasing. So there's some factors that could quell the market or quell the demand at the same time. So now I'm rambling, I'm going to let Ken take over, but, um, we're just in crazy times to be in our industry. There's a lot of fun to be had, and it's also extremely frustrating at the same time. So. Um, anyways, uh, it's more of the same guys and gals, uh, from where we left off. And, um, so I'm not going to be able to bring you as much value, I guess. Maybe Ken will, he'll have some deep insight for you. That's what, I, kind of what I'm thinking though. Your simile of same boat, different wake is going to ring true throughout 2021. 2020 was wild for anyone touching a piece of lumber, whether you're a truss yard ripping through a million board feet a day or someone going to Home Depot to build their wife a wine rack for, you know, the, the pantry. Everyone who touched the product, it was, it's a crazy ride. And where we left off in August, Justin's right, the trajectory, the trend has been consistent in the fact that it has continued to go up despite the fact that historically and seasonally it should not be, which really re reflects the demand we're talking about now. It's funny that we're hopping back in this week, uh, week of the 18th in January. There's a lot of people calling for a market correction. 
and it looking at what's going on in terms of weather and how that'll affect demand, it looks like that should happen. Now, there's a lot of people coast to coast who are booking and selling extremely actively throughout 2021. Everybody's got a ton of lumber to buy, which is great. I'm super thankful to be in a busy that is or being an industry that is this busy. We're very fortunate to be in the place that we are, um, but we just got to make sure as we, you know, procure our lumber and, and move strategically through the chessboard that we do it in the right way and, and, you know, leverage the opportunity that we have. So that being said, everyone has so much demand, you know, we're all waiting. Oh, well, when this thing comes off, I've got a lot of lumber to buy and that's great. You know, we did see uh, the trend last night being reported as downward in several products in lumber. That came out about 6 p.m. to the early subscribers. By early this morning, the futures board was up through March of next year. And it makes sense, right? You know, if, if the price is coming off because of a shift in demand and everybody's got lumber to buy, when you get a little buying window or of opportunity, there's a million guys to jump in and grab up the lumber. So I think that's going to be a, a common case here in the next few months. People are going to be sitting on their hands waiting for the right opportunity to buy. It'll come off, you know, and a little a little market jolt sends a lot of people back into the marketplace to grab up the wood that we all need. So my recommendation for anybody who's running a company or purchasing lumber for a trust yard, just make sure you're looking ahead, checking your forecasts on what you guys have sold. Uh, the worst thing you could do is run out of lumber. The second worst thing you could do is pay too much. And I think sometimes people get those two scenarios flipped. Um, it's not exactly intuitive, and I understand why that can be challenging for people, but your 2021 will be more profitable if you keep your head up, look a couple months down the road, check in with your suppliers about what factors are going on with the chain. I think big picture, once we have a little bit of a market correction here, Building season is going to be extremely strong and we're going to see the same sort of up market phenomena that we saw last year from, you know, beginning of building season all the way toward the holidays. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess I was expecting this, but uh, it sounds like maybe what, what we need is a reliable magic eight ball and a boat to ride out the waves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, thank I, you. Could retire, I could retire in one year. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> We can only hope, right? Well, all right. Thanks for that recap. That's that's good. Are there any events? I mean, I'm not sure that you'll have any, but are there are any events sort of, you know, any highlights of the markets over the last five months that you guys want to point out? Or has it just been sort of all over the map and there's no good good thing to pick out? That's the remarkable thing about this year. Justin, if you don't mind me touching on this one, let's go back two years. 2018. That was before what just happened in 2020. That was the historic, big, crazy, we've never seen a market run. We've never seen a market fall. And that year was plagued with all sorts of factors. Rail car issues out of Canada, log shortages, forest fires. Uh, I remember here in Oregon, we ran into our sustainable yield for you know log cutting on the year. There was all sorts of factors. Labor was an issue. So there are all these things that were just pouring gas on the fire. In 2020, we didn't really have transportation issues. We didn't run into a bunch of log issues. We did have some forest fires and those are significant, uh, but production was fairly steady. It is so demand driven. That's really the fundamental changes. We have an unbelievable amount of demand. So I, there's really not 
milestones to pick out that caused the market to keep going up aside from March 13th of last year. It's the pandemic. It's every, you know, not everyone, I shouldn't say, but a lot of our country and other countries, people working from home, having an emphasis on their home structure. I mean, how many people do you know that have said they're either renovating part of their house or they're looking to get more space because, you know, they got two or three kids now and they just need some more room. Just about everybody's in that kind of mindset. So the demand for our products is something we just haven't seen it like this before. Yeah. Justin, anything you'd like to add? Well, to Ken's point, I mean, you, you, we've had just a, a fundamental shift in the way that uh, commerce is taking place among many different platforms um, throughout the United States with this pandemic. You've sent um, a large uh, majority of, of the workforce home that was generally in an office. And again, you know, that's, some states are different than others, of course. Um, but a lot of these major cities... These people have realized their boss is like, hey, you know what? You're doing a good job. You like working at home? Yeah, it's great. Cool. You want to stay there? Sure, that'd be awesome. Cool. Well, he's moving his family out of the city because he's in a 1,200 square foot, two bedroom, you know, place. But it's it's a, a seven minute commute to his office, um, and that's why he's they've been making that sacrifice. Well. Now he doesn't have to come into the office. And so we're seeing this kind of mass exodus from a lot of major metropolitan cities moving out into the suburbs. And they're getting twice the amount of place for the same amount of money. And again, going back to my opening, you know, statement, um, the houses aren't there. There's no inventory. We're at all time low inventory levels across the United States. Mix that with low interest rates and perceived value from that part of the market, from that buyer's mind, he's willing to pay up. So people are not shying away from the these prices per se. And I've noticed that um, one of the major questions, like how how is your customer's customer reacting? Well, they're still buying. So I'm just going to keep buying, right? So at some point, it stops when Bob and Betty, the homeowner, or whatever you want to call them, say, no more. Like, we can't pay that. It's too much. It's too much. No one's saying too much. And until that happens, you, prices could be whatever they, they're going to be. I mean, there's no, until someone says no, that's enough. We don't know where the finish line could be or where the new quote unquote normal would be in the, in the trade. So um, against any product. Um, so anyways. No. Oh. That's some good insight. I mean, I certainly think that um, the pandemic has shifted the way a lot of people think about a lot of things. So I suppose it's not a huge surprise that it is affecting this as well. Um, you know, I think that's a pretty good recap. And I know we're going to have some things to talk about over the next few few weeks. Um, I think maybe we can just wrap up with asking, you know, what you think component manufacturers should be looking at for the couple of weeks ahead. Opportunity to buy. Um We've had a softening market here over really the last, we'll call it three weeks. Uh, well, actually, you know what? That's that's not accurate. I'd say you go back before Christmas, before the holiday season. Um, really, things seem to kind of settle down. And most people were taking that in as, well, it's the holidays and we're all need a break. The mills are waving the white flag. The customer's waving the white flag. There's a peace treaty signed. Everybody's on timeout. Let's go enjoy our families. Let's go enjoy some R&R. &R. 
and then we'll get back to the battle um, January 1st. Well, the battle never really resumed. Now, the mills held the upper hand because of order file. They were leaning on order file, majority of sawmills into the mid-January, some into the end of January, January and a few lucky ones um, quoting order files into uh, the first week of February. Um, but the the big kind of push that we saw um, for the weeks and months really leading up into the holiday season never never garnered steam again. Um, now, wood was still selling. I don't want to sound like it just completely shut off. Wood kept selling. There was a level of liquidity on many items. So I'm going to just wrap this up so I don't uh, keep talking. But the um, bottom line is the market's in a correction period right now. I do think it's relatively short-lived. And um, I'd say the best time to buy woods when nobody's buying it. You have the power to get the products that you need. You have the power of the firm offer right? Um, you can make some offers to your wholesaler, to your sawmill. If you've got that relationship, fantastic. Um, get some offers, get some wood bought when you've got a chance to buy it. Because to Ken's point on his uh, opening, the demand is great. And he said, hey, this is a demand driven market. I disagree a little bit. I think it's a supply challenge market. Again, I think demand is is good. Yes, but it's not crazy. I mean, we should be able to supply the wood for this. The problem is when everybody comes in to buy it at the same time, what seems to be there's a decent amount of wood available when nobody's buying it, well, it covers about half the, the need when they do come in and buy it. And so then you get a $150 jump in a day. Uh, and then people going, well, what do you mean you don't have those anymore yesterday? What do you mean I got to wait for three weeks, two weeks? What do you mean the price is up $200? That's where we're at. So I think Ken hit it spot on. Um, stay in front of it. Buy some wood. Buy it the best you can every single time you need to buy it. And feel good about it. And go back and do your job and sell more lumber. Or build, you know, build your products. So. Yep, completely agree. Unless you're sitting at your desk right now thinking, shoot, I haven't sold anything in 2021. If, if that's the case, wait to buy your lumber. But if you're out there selling, you got to be buying you can't run a restaurant sending food out the door without bringing groceries in. You need some groceries. All right. So that gets us a good starting point for 2021, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, we really appreciate all of your insights. For our listeners, if you have questions for these guys, please send them to lumber at sbcindustry.com, and we'll try to answer them on the next episode. And we look forward to seeing what the markets hold in the next few weeks. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Molly.